0: Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job is showing us how to stay on target with God. If you choose not to grow, you will be a
1: saved, nearsighted, blind, immature individual. Listen, there's a lot of people that are saved, but they haven't gone very far from there.
0: The Lord wants us to go beyond just eking by in our spiritual walk, but how do we do that? Welcome to the new Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also the president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Last weekend, Mark started this message called, Do I Have What It Takes? And if you missed it, you can listen to the complete message online at boldstepsweekend.org. But right now, let's turn to the book of 2 Peter to discover the answer to our question. Mark will be taking us through seven faith-building characteristics we need for our spiritual journey. And our message starts right now.
1: Now, you and I have this sin nature. We sin because it's our nature to sin. It's natural to us. It's like eating and sleeping. It just comes. It's part of our makeup. Peter says, what I want to do is give you a new new nature. Now, where do we get our nature from? We get our nature from birth. Here's what happens. How do we become participants of that divine nature? Through birth. You see, when you were born through your biological parents, they gave you the sin nature along with a lot of other traits. They gave you the sin nature. But a time and place comes later in our life where we receive another nature. It also comes through birth. But now it's called the second birth. Uh, Some refer to it as being born again. Jesus in John chapter 3 said you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because at that born again time what happens is that now we are made participants of the divine nature. And the moment that we do this sort of weird and strange ritual... It's where we acknowledge that we cannot save ourselves. We acknowledge that we are sinners. We acknowledge that we have no basis to make it to God, that all religion is futile, and we come to the end of our life, and we open up, uh, we throw open our arms, we bow our knee, and we say, God, save me. I turn my back on how I have been living. I acknowledge that only Jesus can forgive me and wash me. Now, I join a religion, no. Now, I open up my heart and invite the presence of the living God to come inside of me and change me from the inside out. The Bible says at that moment, you are born again spiritually. Now, listen to me well. At that very moment, you are now given a new nature. This new nature is in the semblance of your new father. Not your biological parents, but your spiritual father, God Almighty. And now suddenly you have the divine nature inside of you. Now you have the propensity to do what your new father has called you to. The problem is that you don't get rid of the old nature, so we struggle until we die with the old nature and the new nature battling inside of us. Have you felt that battle? Have you felt it? The old flesh and the new struggling inside, battling within. You say, well, pastor, when am I going to get rid of the old nature? Well, the moment your, your old nature is tied into your body. And as long as you live in this mortal, mortal flesh, you will b- battle with that old nature. The moment that you release the shell of this body, your old nature will end with that and you will only exist in the new nature made after the image of God and the bible calls that glorification you will be, you will be glorified you will have a new nature never to struggle with sin again but until you die until the day you breathe your last you will fight two, you will fight the old you will fight the flesh the old nature and you will respond to the new nature and there's a battle inside of you that rages every single day now, Peter says you've been made participants of this new nature. I think it's important for you to understand that you have a new nature. And, and, and he says, so you have this divine nature and you escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires because the only way that you can overcome your old nature is through the new nature. So the first point I want just to make clear is, do I really have what it takes to make it? The first point that Peter makes is, yeah, you do. You have the divine nature inside of you, and you have all the tools you need to make it in God. That's the first question he answers. The second question he answers or or, or he addresses is this, is that although you have all that it takes to live for God, it's not effortless. You have to work at developing your character. Your faith must be developed if you want to be effective and productive in living for God. So although you have all the tools that you need, you have all the power you need to live that way, you have to work at altering your character with the tools that God has given you. Listen to what it says in verse 5. For this reason, make every effort. There's a word of perspiration Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Now let me pause just for a second there and say the the Apostle Peter is about to give us seven characteristics. If you learn this, I think you'll be well on your way to gaining spiritual maturity. He gives us seven characteristics that need to be built on our faith. Everything starts with faith. You don't have faith, you don't have anything. But it doesn't end end with faith. You see, what I discover is a lot of believers that come to God and all they have in their testimony is I got saved in 1962. (laughs) But has anything happened on your foundation? Anything ever happened since you got saved? Because faith is the beginning point, but it's not the end. It's what we build on. But now what's happened since you prayed that prayer? What's happened since you believed? Has anything been altered? Has there been any progress in your character? Any transformation in your life? Because what the Apostle Peter tells us, if there's not, your life is ineffective and unproductive. And no one wants to be ineffective and unproductive. Listen to what he says has to happen in our life. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. You see it? Verse 5, chapter 1. So the next block... You have faith, now you add goodness onto it. Another word for goodness is virtue. Virtue means my devotion to excellence, my orientation towards an object that's of a higher standard than mine. Good, something that is right rather than on a comparative sliding scale. You know, on on my faith, I have to build the desire to be like Jesus, the desire to be good, like Jesus. If I don't have a desire to change upon my faith, then I'm not going to change. Once I believe, then I have to have this desire for virtue or goodness. I have to say, I want to be like Jesus. That's my desire. That's what I want to add to my life.
0: You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps Weekend. We'll jump back into the second half of today's message to learn more about those seven faith-building characteristics in just a moment. So please stay with us. All right, Mark, we've announced our Be Bold contest a couple of weeks ago. Let's tell our weekend listeners again what's up with this. Yeah, so during the
1: entire month of August, we're doing a Be Bold contest. You know, there's a lot of listeners that have been taking bold steps. They've been telling us they have, yeah. And we want to hear about the bold steps you've been taking. And let let me define what a bold step is. A bold step is not just like, hey, I want to be a better person. No, that's not a bold step. That's a thought or a desire. Mm -hmm. A bold step is something that you know you've taken it or you haven't. A bold step is "I, I did it or I didn't do it. And it's a bold step moving towards a step of obedience that God has called you to. It could be forgiving someone that he's put on your heart. It could be taking a step towards baptism, maybe that you have been delayed on, or uh, marriage that maybe you should be taking, or following Jesus and finally making it public, or um, writing a letter that releases someone that you needed to release a long time ago. I don't know what that is for you. There's hundreds of different kinds of bold steps. It should be hard. It should be bold, and you should know that you've taken it or haven't taken it.
0: Now, if you will send us your Be Bold story, we will enter your name, and 125 of our listeners who give us their Be Bold faith story are going to receive a special gift package from us that contains some wonderful coffee. There's an insulated tumbler that comes with it, a beautiful Be Bold tumbler. It comes in its own gift bag, Be Bold gift bag, so 125 are going to be entered to receive this. And this is fresh off the press, by the way. Uh, the Tumblr, we've just
1: made these right now. On the front it yeah. says, Bold Steps with Mark Job," And on the back it says, in bold letters,
0: Be Bold. I think the ink is dry on them now, so hopefully you'll, uh, you'll win one of these from us. So just go to our website for all the details on this, the Be Bold Contest. It's fun to read your stories. And by the way, we'll read them all and share some on the air. Go to BoldStepsWeekend.org to get all the details. BoldStepsWeekend.org and the Be Bold Contest. All right, let's return to Mark's message called, Do I Have What It Takes? So you add to your faith goodness, and to
1: goodness you add knowledge. Now I kind of wondered why knowledge wouldn't come right after faith, but here's my conclusion. My conclusion is that if you have no desire to become like Jesus, the knowledge, all it's going to do is puff you up and not change your life. But if you have a desire to be like Jesus, the knowledge helps you become more like Jesus. So it's sanctified knowledge. And knowledge is understanding the Word of God, understanding truths that apply to my life via the Holy Spirit so I can change. Are you tracking with me? So we have faith, now we have goodness, and on your goodness add knowledge... And on your knowledge, add self-control. How many of you have ever run into people that have a lot of Bible knowledge, know a lot of words, know a lot of theology, Christian history, but are really so not like Jesus? The Pharisees knew a lot of Scripture and quote a lot of Scripture, but they were so not like Jesus. So never confuse growth in knowledge with growth in your spiritual life. Because you can grow, your your head can grow and your heart can shrink. Oh, let me say that again. How many of you know that your head can grow, but your heart can shrink? And you'll go around like some puffed up, knowledgeable Christian spouting out verses and then angry and spiteful and self-centered to your wife and family. That's not like Jesus. So on our knowledge, our knowledge of God, we're growing in our knowledge, our knowledge to know, and then we begin to practice self-control in our life. Our body doesn't run our life. Our spirit runs our life. Our body says, let's sleep. Our spirit says, get up and worship. Our body says, you know, I have sexual urges. The spirit says, okay, fine, save that for marriage. Our body says, I want to eat that whole chocolate silk pie in that refrigerator. Our spirit says, no, you better just have one slice. Our, our body says, man, I want to snort a line of cocaine like I used to do years ago. It made me feel so good. Our spirit says, no, you have another high that you're getting, and now that's the high of the filling of the Holy Spirit that I want to put in your life that's a lot better and doesn't have the downside. You see, it's self-control in our life that God is, God is perpetuating. So you have faith, you add goodness, you add virtue, you add knowledge, then self-control. And with self-control, you need something really important. You need steadfastness or perseverance. Because here's the thing. Perseverance means you continue to do what's right even when it's hard to do. How many of you know you cannot just do what's right one time and expect the battle's over? You're going to have to do it over over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Well, I just forgave him. Yeah, I'll forgive them again. Well, I said one nice word to them last week. We'll say another one. I read a whole chapter of the Bible the first day of the year. That's great. Read another one. You see, part of maturity is doing what we should do regardless of how we feel. That is a sign of maturity. Because if your life is dictated by how you feel, then you are letting your emotions rule your life. And let me tell you, your emotions are not dependable. You think that every Sunday that you come in church, you're going to feel like, well, I really feel like worshiping God. No, sometimes you're going to feel like, I don't even want if I have to be here. If I didn't have to teach in Sunday school this morning, I wouldn't be here anyways. You know what the Bible says? Offer a sacrifice of praise. You know what a sacrifice is? A sacrifice is something you do even when it's hard for you to do. You see, maturity is doing what you know is right to do over and over and over, even when it's hard to do. And then the recompense and the blessing will catch up to you. That's called perseverance. And there's no other way to maturity. James chapter 1 tells us, that, that unless you persevere, you're not going to mature. You will be an un- immature person unless you learn to live above your emotions and tell your emotions, get behind me, hang on to the caboose, because my engine is faith, the caboose is feelings. I will not let the caboose dictate my life. Hello. And so he says, Yeah. self-control, add perseverance, and then perseverance, add godliness. Godliness means the center of my life is God. And to godliness, add brotherly affection. That means I begin to show my earnedness and genuine kindness in all circumstances, starting with my family, spiraling out to everybody around me. And then lastly, it ends with love. My core motivation to serve God and Serve other people is that they will know that I'm a believer by my love. This is a growth path to spiritual maturity. If you really want to grow, begin to pray the characteristics, the seven characteristics built on faith through 2 Peter, and you will see your life challenged to growth in this area. He says, if you do this and you possess these qualities in increasing measure, in other words, they grow, they keep growing in your life, you're not stuck, you keep growing. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. Ineffective means you don't do it well. Unproductive means you're not fruitful. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if you do not have these characteristics, then you are nearsighted. You know what nearsighted means? It means you got to read your book like this. You don't see things that are far off. And you are blind And you've forgotten that you've been cleansed from all your past. What it says is, yeah, you can be saved, but you can be saved and immature and blind and nearsighted and ungrateful because if you choose not to grow, you will be a saved, nearsighted, blind, immature individual. Listen, there's a lot of people that are saved, but they haven't gone very far from that. Peter's saying, don't go there. Grow, grow, grow. Verse 10, therefore, my brothers. Anytime there's a therefore, you ask yourself, what is it? Therefore. It means he's building the teaching on the previous verses. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, listen, if you do these things, you will not fall. How do we make our calling and election sure? What does that phrase mean? It simply means if you're growing in these characteristics, then you will be sure of your calling. You will say, I know I'm a child of God. And you'll be sure of your election. You won't doubt your salvation. If you're not growing, all kinds of doubt begins to sip into your mind. Am I really saved? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I thought I was but wasn't. Maybe I prayed a prayer, but I didn't really mean it. Maybe I was just an emotional thing, and I'm not sure. Am I in? Am I out? Am I a believer? Am I not a believer? Whoa, I'm really confused. Maybe I need to get saved again. You know who that happens to? It happens to people that aren't growing in their character. Because you lack character, you lack assurance. You lack growth, you lack assurance. If you're growing, you will have assurance. Assurance is always the byproduct of someone that's earnestly seeking God. We lose assurance oftentimes when we stop growing and stop being earnest and seeking God with all our heart. That's why I run into a lot of believers that they prayed a prayer, they got baptized, but you know what? They really don't know where they stand with God because it's a sure indication that you stop growing. You lose your confidence when you lose your growth. You gain confidence when you continue to grow. The inner witness of the Holy Spirit. And so he ends up by really telling us this, that in the end, if we're going to continue to grow in God and continue to progress, that we must find an internal motivation to continue to pursue our calling so we will not fall. If we continue to grow in these areas, he said, you will never fall. You're not going to fall. Now, that doesn't mean you're never going to sin, but there's a difference between sinning and falling. How about it? Sinning means I sin. Falling means I start going down a path or downwards and keep spiraling downwards until I hit the bottom and then wake up and say, how did I get here? There's a big difference between going that way and between sinning and repenting and dealing with it right away. That's called falling. Everybody's going to sin, and even as a believer, you're going to sin. You're not sinless. You'll just sin less. It's just going to happen. Why? It's part of your nature. But you have a new nature that's going to cause you to sin less as you live more holy in God. And you need to know what to do with the sin, repent of it, turn around from it, continue to grow in God. And here's the motivation. The motivation is that if you continue to grow, you'll be effective and productive. And secondly, and you're not going to fall. And then it ends this uh, section in verse 11, and it says, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there's a promise for this day and for eternal life. Some people say, well, I just hope I'm gonna make it in by the skin of my teeth, and I just, you know. No, no, no. I I wanna receive a rich welcome. I love those words. A rich welcome. It's like, hey, wow. Great to see you, beloved son and child. A rich welcome because of the Father.
0: This is the new Bold Steps Weekend and you're listening to the Bible teaching of Pastor Mark Job. Well, Mark, it is true that God loves us just the way we are, but he also loves us too much to just leave us where we are. So I'd like to take a moment to have you address those people who are listening who might be having a hard time taking that next step of growth. Maybe they're feeling as though they're at the bottom of the barrel and they can't even see the bullseye or the target.
1: Yeah, you're right, Wayne. It is our salvation is by grace through faith, nothing of our own. Mm-hmm. So I know that people that are listening, some of you have a real strong faith. However, Peter tells us, give all diligence. In other words, yeah, you have faith, but you still need to put the diligence to grow. And and here's the way that works. If you, if you have faith, but you don't put your faith into action— Then you start to stall out and you don't grow. It sets into lukewarmness. You stay into immaturity. And you start to, you end up living a life really that is not your designated way that God has uh, positioned you to live and grow. And so growth means life and vitality. So I wanna just challenge you ask yourself, what is the next step that God is asking you to take? Maybe someone has come to Christ and you need to be baptized. Uh, Maybe you have given your life to Christ, but you're not really a part of a local church and you need to integrate. Maybe you've been a part of a local church, but you're not stepping up and to the plate to help someone out maybe you need to lead a bible study maybe you need to mentor someone maybe you need to engage in your gifting in other words get out of the seat and start using the gifts that god has given you to grow
0: and let us know we'd love to hear from you how god is working in your life and how you are growing as a result of this ministry or just simply your time in god's word which is so important
1: absolutely we love to hear from our listeners And we'd love for you to just tell us, hey, these are the steps that I'm taking. This is what God has been doing as you've prompted us in this program. We love to hear from you.
0: And you can reach us at moody.edu. That's our email address, moody.edu. Or connect with us by letter by writing to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. And you can also connect online at boldstepsweekend.org. And while you're on our website, don't forget to sign up for the Bold Stepper Weekly. It's our free weekly devotional that's delivered automatically to your inbox each Monday morning. We'd love for you to join with hundreds of other listeners who are diligently taking bold steps to start the week off right. Sign up today at boldstepsweekend.org. This weekend program, along with Mark's daily program and the resources we offer, such as the Bold Stepper Weekly, are just a few of the ways we're doing our part to share the love and good news of Christ with people across the country. We couldn't do this without your continued support and partnership. You may not know it, but Bold Steps Weekend doesn't rely on traditional advertising. So when you partner with us, you can be sure that your monthly commitment is helping shoulder the load. If you'd like to join the team and become a bold partner, we'd love to hear from you. Call 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or sign up online at boldstepsweekend.org. We're so grateful for those who have made the decision to give a financial gift. And as our way of saying thanks for your gift of any amount, we'll send you a copy of Kurt Bruner and Jim Ware's book, Finding God in the Land of Narnia. Learn how C.S. Lewis used his imaginative masterpiece to reach disbelieving minds with the heart of the gospel. Again, it's called Finding God in the Land of Narnia, and it's yours with a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps Weekend. Well, that's all the time we have today. I'm Wayne Shepherd inviting you to join us again next weekend when we'll discover if we can really trust the Bible. It's a message you won't want to miss. and You'll hear it right here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.